This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we have an exciting, important, amazing discussion today. We do. Last week, we were discussing Pride Month, and we were discussing the fact that it's still Pride Month, so we're going to still talk about that. Yeah. As I understand it, you got an email, and it was two bullet points in that email. One was the cohesiveness, or the lack thereof, in the gay, lesbian community. And let me say this to all of our listeners that are part of that community. If I get some of the terminology incorrect, don't charge it to my head, but not my heart. You know, (laughs) please, you know, I may not get the terminology right, but let me assure you that my heart is in the right place. So yeah, that was bullet point one, the cohesiveness or the lack thereof in that community. And the other one was with regard to safety in the trans community. And the trans community is currently under attack politically because it's apparently it's very easy to other the trans community by making them seem different and less than. And of course, when there's the mindset that we're in a zero sum game, so if I make somebody else lower, it makes me higher. It doesn't actually work that way. If I make somebody else lower, then that just makes me the jerk who's making somebody else lower. And it doesn't raise my vibration or anything other than the power differential so that I can beat them from higher ground. (laughs) (laughs) I can throw rocks down upon them from the top of a bigger mountain. Yeah. Last week, we mentioned that I said, you know, we got a nerve even talking about this because we're straight and we have the audacity to think we can discuss something that goes on in a community in which neither of us have firsthand information. But I have since backed off of that thought because this is about the human family. Yeah. And no matter what our differences are, we are still connected in the human family. Each one of us are like human. We are an expression of God, creation of God at the core. So anything that comes out of that, we go back to the core and we can fix it. Now, I am accused of being overly optimistic and overly simplistic about things. I accept that. <laughs> I do. But okay. the basis of that is because I believe so strongly in the power of God. So when you mentioned those two bullet points, the first one was safety in the trans community. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? That one, please don't get mad. I'm going to use, for the lack of a better word, that's the easy one. Because as a matter of prayer, it's about a protection against spirits and attitudes that are negative. Those prayers are in your book. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. You know, 
they go for whether you're trans or not, no matter what. The power of God is able to handle all opposition that is opposed to itself and goodness. So I think it's positioning ourselves in alignment with the good that God is, as opposed to identifying specific evils, I guess you'd say, Mm -hmm. and whatever. Let me just say this. When something comes against me, I just go, I get quiet, I tell God about it. You know, I talk to the God in me about it with full expectation it's going to be taken care of. And it is. It is. Is my physical safety ever been in question as some of yours may have been or may be? Sure. Sure, at times. And I look back on times where I was in places I ought not to have been. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, because I just knew that, you know, the power of God is surrounding me, I'm going for it. And you, opposition, evil, whatever you want to call it, will be stopped. Now, I know that's oversimplistic, so I'm going to kick that to you and you can just respond to it your way. Well, the first thing that I want to say is that being unqualified to speak authoritatively about the specific experiences of people who are in the trans community, because I don't live there and I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. And I have some friends and youth who are in my teen program and others who I've spent some time with who are in that group. Then again, I haven't spent a whole lot of time other than visiting in the black community where Carol, you have spent quite a bit of time and I can't speak authoritatively. Yeah, (laughs) I can't speak authoritatively (laughs) about that either. But what I do have is empathy and understanding and caring. I can look at a circumstance and a situation and extend myself and say, I do not live in the felt experience of that, but I can take a look at the dynamic that's going on, the circumstances that are being described and have empathy for what it might feel like from the bottom end of that power differential and comparing that to other times that I've been at the bottom of a power differential, and I have, and bring that empathy and understanding and caring. And oh, by the way, there's a four letter word for empathetic understanding and caring which has gotten a bad rap lately. It's called woke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'll just go for empathetic, understanding, and caring. And what we can do, actually, it's not what we can do. It's what we can bring to it. happened to have done a reading for my Sunday talk yesterday. It came from Charles Fillmore in Talks on Truth. And I'm going to repeat it now because it's completely appropriate to what we're talking about. And this is Charles Fillmore like 100 years ago who wrote, do not be afraid to pour your love upon all the so-called evil in the world. Deny the appearance of evil and affirm the omnipotence and the omnipresence of love and goodness. Take no account of the evil that appears in your life and your affairs. Refuse to see it as evil. Declare that what seems evil has somewhere a good side, which shall, through your persistent affirmation of its presence, be made visible. By using this creative power of your own thought, you will change that which seemed evil into good, and divine love will pour its healing balm over all. Emma Curtis Hopkins said the same thing in fewer words. This too is good. This too is God. This too is for me now. And I demand to see the blessing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is good that is unfolding. All of the challenges that are being dumped upon those who are in the trans community right now, do they deserve it? No. Is this something that is appropriate for them? No, but it's what's going on. And that's the second act. That's what happens before the resolution comes along where something better is underway. And as irritating, annoying, frustrating, damaging, and undermining as the second act might be, that's the destructive process that makes way for some new construction. That's tearing out the old kitchen so the new kitchen can come in. 
You said something really significant in the very beginning when you talked about, I think it was relevant really to basic human behavior. And you talked about how people put one group or other or someone else down as though that was going to lift them up Mm -hmm. or make them better. And anybody in a position, you know, at the margin or in the position that you're not in the power position has to understand the dynamics of what is going on. It has nothing to do with our being, and I'm going to say our, it has nothing to do with our being less than and everything to do with someone else's perception of themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if you have to berate me and put me down or find some fault in me, that has nothing to do with me. (laughs) You know what? That sounds easy to say. It's not. It's easy to say. It's very easy to say. But it's true, though. You know, it's like... That's not easy to live. Before I come out the door as a Black woman or woman, because I fall into a few those areas, I have to know clearly who I am so that no matter what you say to me, I'm still okay. You're not going to rock my boat. Now, did I come out the womb like that? No. (laughs) No. I didn't even know that I was different from white America. I didn't know that. I wasn't even raised to know that. But when you stumble up (laughs) upon the knowledge of your difference, however, then there's a personal education process that happens. It's hard, it's unfair, it's hurtful, but that's the way it is. And again, looking in the mirror and saying, it's not about you, it's about the other person. That's the fact, but it takes a minute, you know, and your feelings are involved. When you're in a situation, are you going to remember, well, this is about them, not me? Eventually, yeah. Eventually, Eventually, yeah. And that, of course, is the reason that we have a spiritual practice. Practice, practice, practice. Hmm. Or as we like to say, practice makes practiced. It doesn't make perfect, it makes practiced. And if we have the muscle memory built up that when something starts going sideways, we stop, drop, and pray, then when something goes sideways, we won't have to think about it. We won't have to go into that panic. Oh my gosh, what do I do? This world is going to end. And then realize, oh, wait a second, I can do a prayer. And then try to remember how to do it. <laughs> you know, like, how do I do CPR? The time to recertify for CPR is while everybody's heart is doing just fine. Yeah. You know? Same thing with that automatic external defibrillator thing. You know, make sure the batteries are charged, you know how to use it, and then just make sure every once in a while you check the batteries and you check the, make sure you remember how it works. Because having somebody keel over and then start reading the directions is not a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> That takes me back to when I took your first class on practical prayer and probably the second time and revisiting it also, all the steps, like there's five steps and then there's the two just-in-case steps. That's what I call them, just-in-case steps. And so we do the practice and all that so that in the difficulty, we don't have to go through all those steps. But one of the things that I remember in that class you talked about was how Jesus prayed. And so I would go back and see whether his prayer was like, you know, following these steps, either in order or not, were they all there, blah, blah, blah. So you said one time that Jesus lived in the understanding and in that space. And so therefore, every single step didn't have to, you know, be in line. It didn't have to like 
Step one, two, three. And I said, well, you know what? I want to get like that, right? So that became my goal to understand it and make sure I'm living in it. So here's the point for saying all that, which was really important to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> the practice, practice, practice is understanding the steps of the practical prayer, practice and all that, you know, get it. But when you get to the crucial moment where something has happened, here's what happened to me a couple of times. I said, you know, I practice living in that space where Jesus is. I jump right to the gratitude part. Thank you, Spirit, for taking care of this nut right here. <laughs> and so it is. I'm good. And it got to be, I'm laughing about it, but it's real serious with me because I do walk into situations where I am the other. And I can feel, and some people still have the audacity to try to make me feel less than. And I just kind of smile and say, thank you, Spirit, for taking care of this. And in all goodness is unfolding. You know what? This is really good. And so it is. And I'm gone, right? Mm -hmm. And because all the other stuff I know, and I'm not bragging. I'm saying that if you're listening, you're in that position. This works. Practice because the world is not going to change, at least not in our lifetime. It's not going to well, change. Well, the, the world is going to change. We just don't know how much and we can't count on it. And so what we can do is be here now and invite in the change and have no expectation about when it's going to show up or what kind of horse well, it's galloping in on. I can say this with great confidence. In my situation, it probably is not going to change significantly in my lifetime. Okay. It's come a little bit, but eh. so I've got to change to deal with the parts that are not going to change so that those issues on the other side that hurt me will not hurt me so that I can be what I came here to be. If you need the circumstances to change in order for you to be okay, they're not going to change. Right. If you can be okay, regardless of the circumstances, that's what Charles Fillmore was talking about, then that's a game changer. Let's take a break and invite everybody to take the class and learn the five to seven steps of practical prayer and continue this discussion about the continuation of Pride Month. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We are having a wonderful conversation about what we started last episode, talking about Pride Month and the issues that go along with that. And I just wanted to jump in because we've got another class, a live class coming up starting on July 5th. 
It's going to be six Wednesday evenings. We're teaching at hybrid, so people can participate either in the Philly area or online. Works equally well. It's called Adventures in Spirituality, and it is going to be a ton of fun. We are basically recovering some quiet internal spiritual processes, some moving external spiritual processes and practices that we can do. And we're going to do some stuff like forgiveness work and also some quantum spirituality. So this is a smorgasbord of content stuff that we can do for the summertime. There's no prerequisites for it. So it is open to everybody. And the information is on the website at newthoughtphilly.org. It sounds so exciting. It is going to be a fun class. I outed myself. I started talking about quantum spirituality yesterday. I've been a science geek for so much of my life that I've really kept the quantum physics at arm's length when it comes to its overlap with spirituality because I just could get so wrapped up in my head and people would sit in the class going, he's such a geek. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I've gotten to the point where I can keep it in balance. We're dipping our toe it's actually probably the second or third time into the quantum physics and quantum spirituality and the way that we're creating our experience and that science actually kind of says the same thing that our spirituality says now. I About five, five or six years ago, I was taking a graduate course in uh, science and religion and had a little bit of a notion about it and really kind of saw, I see the intersection. So I thought, let me see how it is on a formal basis. And I got in this class, right? It, it was completely overwhelming at first, because I realized how little about science I knew, right? Thought I was. So my husband is a science major and he's all into that. So he helped me with that piece of it. And to me, it's really an exciting marriage of philosophy that it's God is right in it. And I don't want to take us away to another subject, but yeah, God is right oh, in it. I don't you see saw what I was trying to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Try to change the subject and drag you into a rabbit hole. And you're so resistant. That was <laughs> good. Time. Yeah, well, because, you know, the subject we're on is, I think, is just so important to some people. And I'm highly sensitive to this, highly sensitive, and just want everybody to be okay. I can't fix it. I can't. But I really know, I think, I know what that kind of discomfort feels like. And the way I relate to it, obviously you know, is because of being Black in America. And there was no one to help with the adjustment, the mental and emotional adjustment to the truth of what that is. So when this issue came to the fore, personally, I just related to it. Now, let me tell you this, so you will make no mistake. Every African-American person does not agree that the issue is the same. There is not cohesion in the community. There is not, you know, but I believe it and I stand on it. So when I get a chance, I'm thinking, because I'm about like the humanity of us all being expressions of God and creations of God. And to me, once I state that argument, there is nothing that can beat that. So, you know, I go from that point and God who is no respecter of persons for those who are Bible heads, you know, for God who is no respecter of persons, you have no argument. So if you step outside of the Bible, every argument falls apart when it comes to who we are and our humanity and our relationship with each other. You know, if you don't like it like that, then hey, listen, I'm an expression of God in the image of God. You are. So now what is the issue here? And that's why I said I'm simple. 
Yeah, that's the result of an awful lot of introspection and deep thinking and personal spiritual work to be able to do that. From a practical standpoint, you know, somebody says, well, what do you mean I need to be more empathetic or sensitive? How do I do that? And the answer is, for me, curiosity. When something new comes along, we have a tendency to judge it and say, well, that's familiar and I like that, or that's new and different and it doesn't belong and I don't like that. And the middle way is to say, well, that's different. What's going on here? What is there for me to understand about this? That doesn't necessarily mean that I have to give up everything that I've thought or believed or done before. I have to start doing things a different way myself, but let me be open to a brand new possibility. Mm -hmm. And I'll give an example. As you know, I was a teen advisor for about 10 years and it's wonderful fun to do. I used to say, if you give me a 12 year old atheist, I will give you an 18 year old religious scientist. Agnostics much more difficult because they're refused to commit, but an atheist has a theology and it's possible to have that conversation. And just empirically saying, if you try these things, they will change your life. That if they come to it with an open mind, they'll understand, okay, this works. This stuff works. And there was a girl who got into my teen group. Her older sister had been in it and she got in as soon as she was eligible. And very tomboyish. I had known her and her family for a long time before that. And uh, always knew throughout the time that she was in the teen group that there was some stuff going on. And this young adult turned out to be trans and has gone through that entire process of shifting names and genders and identity. And there's all of the therapy and the treatment and so forth is going along with that. And where I approached it for myself is wow, it's going to be hard for me to go from remembering the little girl who she was growing up to the young man that he is now, because I can see the whole picture, but I wanted to understand what's going on. There's still some parts that make me a little crazy, and I understand that they are mine. One is how frequently trans young adults change their names, and it just happens a lot. So they'll say the name, and it used to be a different name, and this young man has now gone by three or four different names. So it's always... Who are we talking about? You know, even when I'm talking to his dad. <laughs> oh no, that's the name that he's going by now. It's like, okay, I don't need to understand it. And I have a fellow minister who does queer church and he has a whole big trans community. And he pointed out to me that when they choose a new name, that's a big deal. That's the one time that they get involved in the rest of the community because that's important to them. It's like, okay, I can learn something now. I can become more educated and informed, and I can be more sensitive to the fact that when something like that happens, that's a big deal. So instead of just going, oh, okay, new name. No, it's like, this is, there's a celebration here. There's a story, there's an opportunity to rejoice and be present with another human being who's going through something. So when something comes along and it pings me, instead of pushing back against it or judging it or trying to dismiss it or put it down, it's like, that's my time to say, all right, what's really going on here? If I were being the loving, empathic, supportive presence that I claim myself to be, <laughs> how would that be different than this reaction that just came up in the back of my mind? And that's how we change the world. I'm going to quote someone. I don't remember who this is at the moment, but it says that that which we don't understand, we seek to destroy. And I remember reading that when I was really young. And to me, understanding is really important because if there's an issue in front of me, it's there. I mean, I don't try to figure out how it shouldn't be there. I want to understand what's going on before I have an opinion. And when you delve into trying to understand something, then your opinion kind of is unimportant 
where in the beginning it's unimportant anyhow. But I just want to understand you so that I don't hurt you and that I'm not being stupid, you know, because I don't want to be stupid either. So I think it takes huge courage to be transgender. Like that's a huge decision because you're going up against a lot, you know, not just what society says or think, but family and, you know, you're stepping out into what might be aloneness and also with others that are in fear and alone and all that. So I think, first of all, you got to understand where people, what people are risking to be who they are. And if you just get that part going, I mean, I don't have to risk anything being Black. I came here. (laughs) (laughs) I had no choice in the matter. This is it. Deal with it. But it's not for somebody who is making an appropriate decision for what they really believe in their heart is to be, that takes a lot when you know that the world is not on your side. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to me to say, look, I may not get it, but I'm on your side. And if I trip, forgive me, I'm still there with you. Yep. Yeah. There are places in the world where having gay sex is a capital offense. And there are activists there who are taking the side of the, quote, criminals. And what a huge risk that is. Yeah. Especially the ones who are gay themselves. It's like they're right there on the tightrope. And again, another invitation for caring and understanding, empathy and support that Mm -hmm. we get to do. There's nonsense going on all over the place. I think I've mentioned that I'm completely flummoxed by the fact that the governor of Florida is having an argument about family values with Disney. It's Disney, okay? You don't get more family values than Disney. (laughs) We know how this is going to come out, but please. Wayne put in the chat, mind of Christ. And, you know, another episode, of course, but if you look at the mind of Christ, not the Christ mind, that's different, but the mind of Christ, the argument does not exist. It just doesn't. So... What is this? You know, I have this thing that I'm saying, used to say to my kids, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we doing here? Because if a person really has to explain it, people tend to think that Christ has the last word on things. Okay, if you believe that, if Jesus has the right, the last word on things, and the argument is done. Because I don't see anywhere in scripture where Jesus was dealing with this. <laughs> He took some grief when he sat down with the lepers. Let's take another break, and then we will close with a practical prayer on the intersection of the mind of Christ and what Emma Curtis Hopkins called holding the high watch. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. 
Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we're going to do a prayer. We're going to do a practical prayer, kind of pulling together all of the stuff that we've been talking about during the episode and keying on the important points about the mind of Christ and the ability to look at a situation or a circumstance, not from the level of judgment or otherness or difference that we would normally see it, but to take the high watch. So for everybody who's listening, if there is a circumstance like that that's going on, where there's something that's got you upset or something that's got you in disagreement with somebody who you either care about or perhaps somebody who you don't care about at all because you just want to (laughs) win, you want them to be wrong. If there's a circumstance like that that's going on, if there is an otherness or an oppressive force or evil or ignorance or intolerance, that you have been experiencing that you've got some energy about this prayer is for you so go ahead and bring that to mind and then turn away from all of the specifics and all the details about what that might mean in the world around you so that we can open up to our awareness of that infinite creative power that creates everything that has in fact created this situation circumstance and unfolding of events up until now open ourselves up to the mind of christ to that infinite creative power, that divine intelligence, that one source and power that has created everything, that continues to create everything, that shares itself as all of its creation. Everything is that one presence taking its own particular form, that everything includes me and each one within the sound of my voice. Each of us a divine and perfect expression of God's infinite good. And the experiences that we're dealing with are also an expression of that one infinite presence, that divine love unfolding in its own way. And it's easy when it's easy to see the love unfolding. It's easy when it's a wonderful summer day or a bunch of puppies licking a kid or pick your scenario of when it's easy to see that divine love unfolding. And the truth is that if that's what's happening ever, that's what's happening always. So that is what's happening even in the challenging situation. There is something good available here. There is some way that when seen from a different perspective, that which seems to be evil is either an opportunity for newness and goodness to unfold or the spark that's bringing that newness and goodness about. So we now take the high watch. We elevate from the level of experience where we spend all of our time. We rise above it, understanding that this too is love unfolding. And we invite the awareness of what that good might be. We switch our minds to the mind of Christ. When Christ looked at anything, It was with love. How could this possibly be love unfolding? What good is available for me, for us, here, now? And as we let go of our judgment, as we let go of our insistence that we hold on to things the way we've understood them previously, as we open up to something new, more love, more good, more joy, more harmony, and more possibility is opening to us. The good is available right now to each of us individually, to all of us together. And as we invite in that good, the transformation happens on a personal level, on a local level, and on a global level. As we invite in more love and more light, then there is a tendency for the world to be filled with more love and more light. And that's what's going on now. That's what I am claiming now. And I know that this good is happening right now. 
and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good. I'm grateful for the willingness of each one within the sound of my voice to engage in this process, to let go in even the tiniest way of attachment to being right about the meaning of things that have happened up until now, and to open up to that new possibility of love unfolding. And so with gratitude for all of this good that's already in progress, I speak this word and I release it into the same creative law that always says yes. And I know it's once again saying yes. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.